How can you fall in love with the person of your dreams and have the best relationship ever? Lauren Zoller is a relationship expert who helps men and women find and keep healthy love. Welcome to the Best You Podcast, where we explore how to improve all six areas of life, health, personal, career, financial, spiritual, and relational. My name is Nick Carrier, an entrepreneur, fitness trainer, and motivational speaker. I was going down the traditional path of working a nine to five until my mentor saw something in me, I quit my job, and started my own business. My mission is to help you gain clarity on how to become your best you. Lauren had relationship struggles through her entire 30s and had a bad boyfriend after bad boyfriend after bad boyfriend until she found out what was wrong. And then she was able to attract the man of her dreams. If you're ready to find out what you are doing wrong that is preventing you from finding and keeping the right person, then it's time to get closer to your best you with the one and only Lauren Zoller. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. Today, I am super excited to have Lauren Zoller join me on the show today. And Lauren, I just want to dive right in. We're going to help people both find the right person today, find the right person of their dreams, and also I want to help people create good relationship habits so that they show up in the way that they should not necessarily should show up, or but what could show up in a way that. Uh, they are able to stick with that person for the long haul. So let's dive right in. I, I love one of the things that you say, that you say the truth is finding and keeping love has very little to do with what you are doing and everything to do with who you are being. And so I know that in your 20s and, and 30s, you had experienced a lot of bad relationships or relationships that didn't suit you for at least the long haul. How did you start to show up differently or how did you start to be differently so that you could attract the right person? Yeah. So it's kind of a long story, but part of the work that I do with my clients and really the work that was life-changing for me was I am, I'm a somatic therapist. So I'm an SEP, which is a somatic experiencing practitioner. And what most people don't understand is that you can sit and you can go to therapy and you can talk about all of these reasons why you struggle with having intimate partnerships. And you may know, you know, my dad didn't express emotions very well when I was a kid, or, you know, my mom was always yelling at me. So I felt like I needed to shut down when she was yelling so that I wouldn't get in trouble. So you can know all of these things cognitively, which is what I experienced. I was in 10 years of talk therapy and I had hired all of the best mindset coaches in the coaching space. And I still was dating alcoholics. Like no matter what I did, I used to have a joke with my mom that if there was an alcoholic within a 10 mile radius, he would find his way to me. <laughs> and, and I didn't like, I didn't grow up. My parents weren't alcoholics. I came from a really great family and I couldn't figure out how to break this cycle in my life. And so after spending years in a lot of talk therapy, I had a moment in my life where everything came crumbling down, I actually had three calls that changed my life for honestly the, the best. It felt like horrible at the time. The first call I received was the man that I was dating at the time. He had checked himself into rehab for the sixth time in one year. His mother was calling to let me know. The second call I received that day was from my accountant, letting me know that my my booming business, my seemingly booming business was 30K in the red. And he had no idea how we were going to crawl out because I was spending money quicker than I was making it. 
And the third call I received that day was from my doctor calling to let me know that a biopsy I had taken earlier that week had come back as potential cancer. So the reason I'm telling the story is because during that time, I was doing everything that we as successful humans are taught to do, right? I was going to therapy. I had a team of coaches. I was reciting my morning affirmations. I had a morning routine. I was working out and eating well. And my life was still in shambles. Everything was ripped away from me. And so it was in that moment, I had a friend that came to me and she said, you know, you've done all this work cognitively. I started seeing this somatic therapist and I think there's something to it. Maybe you should start seeing him. So I went in for my first session, long story short, six months later, I felt completely different because I changed the way that my nervous system responded to connection. So it wasn't cognitively, it was my nervous system. And the the great news of this entire story was that I ended up turning my business around. I went from 30K in debt to making my first six figures in one month. I found my first healthy relationship at 32 and I eradicated my cancer scare. Mm -hmm. So we as human beings don't ever look at the nervous system. We're so stuck in cognitive processing. And so once I shifted that, I was able to find healthy love and keep it. And now that's what I teach people is how to do the same. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit about what you mean by that. Change the way your nervous system responds to connection. Yeah. So our nervous system is the most primal part of our being. Okay. If you actually look at animals out in the wild, they have a nervous system too. And the nervous system simply put is our body's command center. And really it has two functions either to keep us safe. So to take us into survival, to keep us safe or to rest, digest and connect. And what happens is that if you experience a disruption in connection as a child, so let's say that dad wasn't readily there, readily there for you to be able to express big emotions or there was abuse, or maybe mom and dad were just having a hard time and they weren't able to be there for you fully. What ends up happening is that because connection is so important to who we are as mammals, we end up going into survival to either stay safe or receive connection. Okay. So this looks like I'm going to freeze and shut down and not express my emotions because if I freeze and shut down and not express my emotions, then dad won't get mad at me. Dad won't yell at me. Right. And so we create these patterns that are based in survival. Our nervous system creates these patterns inside of our body. And then we carry them into our our adult life. And the next thing we know in any given moment, you're either choosing connection or you're choosing protection we continue to veer towards choosing protection because that's what feels familiar to our body, familiar to our system. So we have to be able to look at those patterns of protection and say, wait a second, are these serving me, right? Dad's not here to shut down my emotions anymore. I have a partner that really wants to know me and wants me to be vulnerable. How can I disrupt and regulate this pattern of protection so that I can connect and actually feel deep, healthy love. And so that's what, that's how our nervous system is responsible for us being in healthy partnership. So what did that look like for you once you started to learn and go to the somatic therapist? And once you started to learn that you needed to change the way your nervous system responded to connection. And once you learned that you needed to go out of survival mode and go out of choosing protection, like what did that look like? 
differently practically maybe if you were going on dates or when you started seeing somebody what did that look like differently than it had been in the past yeah so i'll tell you that my personal story was that so there are four survival responses that the nervous system will go into when it feels like it's in threat or there's an absence of connection it'll either go into fight or flight which are sympathetic nervous system states you've probably heard of these before or It'll go into freeze or fawn, which are parasympathetic states. Now, people always ask me fawn. I don't know what that is. I've never heard of it. Simply put, fawn is people-pleasing, right? They're both parasympathetic states, and your body actually goes into a freeze response when you people-please. That's why they're coupled together. So the nervous system state that my body was so used to going into to receive connection was fawn. So I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. I grew up in a long line of Polish women. I was taught at a very young age that you do not get to sit down and eat your dinner until everyone in the room is eaten first. Okay. At a very young age, my mother and my grandmother and my great grandmother and my aunt taught me that my happiness is dependent on everyone else being happy first. And this was a state that my nervous system felt really comfy in. Right. It's like, as long as you're okay, as long as you're fed, as long as you're taken care of, then I'm okay. So fast forward to my adult relationships. And if you remember a moment ago, I was like, why do I keep attracting alcoholics? Well, alcoholics need to be saved. They're not whole. So my my nervous system was so used to that survival dynamic in relationships that it would seek that pattern out because if I could save him, then he would never leave. I'm mm. worthy of love. So what it looked like once I recognized that pattern was I've got to get out of freeze. I'm in a fawn state. I'm completely frozen. I would actually feel myself like freeze on the inside when something would happen with the man that I was dating. And what I would do is I would go into autopilot. I'm like, okay, we got to get you to rehab and I need to call your parents. It was like, I would just go through this autopilot stage. Mm-hmm. So It looked like when you're working with the nervous system, it looked like slowing down to get out of freeze. You need to bring movement back into the body, but it needs to be slow movement so that the nervous system feels safe. For me, that looked like going to yoga, but doing gentle yoga, not the normal fast paced hot vinyasa that made me completely clock out, right? I had to be present in gentle yoga. It looked like going on long walks to start to slowly get my nervous system out of this free state. There's a a technique in somatic therapy that I use called vooing. And it's just, as it sounds, you voo with your mouth. I started doing these things to stimulate my, my vagus nerve to start to wake up my nervous system. And then over time, I started to not discount what I needed. And I was able to break out of that freeze response, but it's, it's a process. It takes time. And that's why working with a somatic therapist and a trained SEP is so important because it's different for every single nervous system. Mm. So is one of the first steps that you do if somebody is struggling to find the right person or continues to find somebody that is not a good fit for them, is it about bringing awareness to the fact that when their nervous system is lacking connection, they're falling into one of these four states that's not serving them? You got it. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Because, we're, yeah, we're not able to, when we're in protection... The brain goes offline. 
we can't actually connect when we're in protection. And so many people, especially our generation, was raised by family members who were trying to survive. Like we look at my generational pattern. My great grandmother came over here from Poland and my grandfather told her, listen, we need to be accepted. Do whatever you need to do for people to like you. So that survival response was then passed down to my grandmother, which was then passed down to my mother, which was Mm -hmm. then passed down to me. And it became the way that I operated, even though I didn't need to be accepted. I didn't move to a new country. I didn't know anybody. So the first thing we have to do is we have to look at those dysregulation patterns when it comes to connection. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's fascinating. If somebody, I think one of the, there's, I think there's this mix when people are dating between being picky and having high standards but also knowing that no one is perfect and that at certain times you need to forgive, but you don't want to be too tolerant of people if they do like repeated actions of things that, okay, this is just a sign that this is not the right person for me. And so talk me through kind of the different dynamics of people who you, you kind of need, you don't want to be too picky right off the bat, but you want to have high standards for the person that you're looking for. Uh, but at the same time, you nobody's perfect. And so you need to forgive, but you can't be too tolerant of people when they mess up. So tell me a little bit about how you approach talking with your clients about that and how you've kind of navigated that yourself. Yeah. Great question. So this is probably not the answer that people are going to want to hear, (laughs) but I promise you that it's the root of it and not to be a nervous system nerd, but we need to understand that the nervous system is a language. Okay. It's just like speaking Spanish. If you've never spoken Spanish before and you don't know how to put sentences together, you're not going to be able to have a conversation with someone. Your nervous system is the same way. If you do not know what safety feels like in your nervous system and you don't, you've, you've been living your whole life in a dysregulated pattern, there is no way that you can actually know if someone is meant for you or not. So, so many people get stuck in their head trying to figure out if they should be with someone when if you learn to speak the language of your nervous system and you know what your body feels like when it goes into a survival response or when it's in safety, then figuring out who's right for you becomes so easy. Mm. You get to ask yourself, do I feel safe with this person? Or when this happens, is this triggering some survival response from my past? Or do I actually just, does this person just not feel safe to me? Is this mine or is it theirs? Mm. So when you don't know the language of your nervous system, I like to say you are walking in a room with a blindfold on, praying to God that you're going to bump into the right person. (laughs) Because you don't know, you don't know that language. So it's, it's less about I'm picky and I'm not picky and more about I know what safety feels like. I know what it feels like to be in the presence of someone who is safe to my nervous system. And when you know that dating becomes way easier. Hmm. If somebody's listening right now and, and they're not going to end up working with you, but they're like, I know that I, I, I want to learn what it feels like to feel like that safety with somebody else. I feel like to a certain extent, if I'm listening to this and I have a significant other or I'm dating somebody to a certain extent, I can 
start to be more aware of, do I feel safe with this person? But how can somebody continually gain more awareness of like, do I actually feel safe with this person or do I not? Like, Give us a little bit more detail on how somebody can feel confident that they do feel safe or don't feel safe. Yeah. So I like, this is my favorite way to start learning the language of the nervous system. I want you to think about someone who does feel really safe to you. Like, who's your go-to person? For me, my friend, Kristen was like, she was always my safe space. She's also the one that introduced me to a somatic therapist. And I knew what it felt like to be in her presence. And so what I started to do is I started to become acutely aware of what it felt like to be in her presence. Like, what did I notice in my body? I noticed that my belly felt warm. I noticed that my shoulders were always away from my ears. I noticed that I could think clearly and that I could get creative and that there was this sense of just peace and ease around her. And what I did is I started to really tap into what were the sensations and what were the emotions associated with being in her presence. And that became my litmus test. It's like, this is what safety feels like. And here's the deal. I'm not saying that when you're with someone that you're dating, that it's going to be like that all the time. Like I'm in a very happy, healthy relationship and we trigger each other consistently. But I would say that 90% of the time, it's that same safe feeling that I have with Kristen. Mm. So when you can understand what safety feels like and just use that as a litmus test for yourself, then you can start to say, wait, does this person make me feel safe? Or am I constantly triggered? Am I constantly checking my phone to see if he texted? Am I constantly, you know, on the dating app swiping because I feel like I need to be validated? Because when you can tap in and you know that you're in those survival responses, you know that you're not in connection, you're in protection. Mm. We're going to take a brief pause in this episode to tell you about our brand new, never seen before, best in class virtual 10 week transformation experience. You can check it out today by going to Nick Carrier. Now, look, if you're somebody who needs accountability to execute on a consistent basis with eating healthy and exercise, this virtual 10WT experience is for you. If you're somebody who is upset with themselves when they look at themselves in the mirror, not just physically, but also emotionally and mentally, then the 10-week transformation is for you. If you're somebody who kind of knows what to do, but you struggle to actually do it, the 10-week transformation is for you. If you're somebody who loves community and loves support and loves being held accountable, the 10-week transformation is for you. With the 10WT, we teach people how to form the healthy habits that will transform their body and their life. And now we have a brand new, robust version of the program that can be completed from your home, your gym, or your anywhere. I mean, whether you live in Nashville or San Francisco, Atlanta or New York City, Houston or Denver, LA or Chicago, Sydney, Australia, or Toronto, Canada. You can even complete this thing in your hotel room. Our brand new virtual 10WT experience is like nothing you've ever seen before. We've had 453 people and counting who have skyrocketed their self-confidence by losing fat, building muscle, and building habits that they now have ingrained in their lifestyles by completing the 10WT. And it can do the same for you. Starting August 7th, we're going to be coaching a group of 30 go-getters through their first ever 10WT experience, and you have the opportunity to be one of the first. But there are limited spots available. Like I said, there are 30 spots, and they're going to go fast. So sign up by Tuesday, August 1st to secure your spot by going to nickcarrier.com. Again, by August 1st, 
go to nickcarrier.com. Again, if you need a greater level of accountability, the 10WT is for you. If you need help staying consistent with your workouts and eating habits, the 10WT is for you. If you want to form healthy habits going into holiday season, the 10WT is for you. Remember, sign up by August 1st to secure your spot. There are only 30 available by going to nickcarrier.com. When you join, I promise you, be prepared to show the world the healthiest, most confident, and best version of you. Go to nickcarrier.com to sign up today. I, I want to transition to the what you said. So you like if you're in a good relationship, you know, it's not going to be 100% of the time everything is unicorns and rainbows. There's going to be time where you trigger the other person. And talk to me a little bit about that period of time. Because if p- people are listening, whether they're dating somebody or they're married, they know what, what you're talking about. They, they have times and have things that their significant other does that they're triggered by. And I think sometimes when you're triggered, it's something of yours. Sometimes when you're triggered, it's because maybe you need to communicate something to them. So talk to you a little bit about how you navigate times when you're triggered by your significant other. Yeah, great question. So we have to remember that, and I, I said this a few moments ago, that when the body is in survival, the brain goes offline. Okay, so if you think about, let's just take it down to the primal level, uh, a cheetah <laughs> that is being chased by something that wants to eat it, okay? The brain is not going to sit there and think, okay, now if I run to the right and I veer to the left a little bit, then maybe I can get away from it. The brain doesn't have time to think, right? It just goes into reaction mode. When you are triggered or when your significant other is triggered, the same thing is happening. You actually don't have mental clarity because the brain goes offline and the body goes into survival. So I tell people, whenever you feel like you are triggered or you feel like you're having a conversation with your significant other who is triggered, the number one thing, and I, I kind of laugh about this, you know, stop, drop, and roll when you're on fire. It's kind of the same thing. I say stop, drop, and regulate, right? Mm-hmm. That means is, you know what? I need to get to safety right now. That's your number one goal. So my boyfriend and I, last night it happened. He had a rough day at work. He came in, guns a-blazing to dinner and was just, I could tell I was the target. I'm like, oh man, like he needs to let off some steam on the target. And so I told him, I was like, hey, we need to stop, drop and regulate right now because this is gonna lead to something bad. So we both took our space. We know what safety feels like in our body. We got ourselves to safety. And then we were able to think clearly about what was happening. And in that moment, he realized I had a really bad day at work and I took it out on you. And this is actually what's happening. And we were able to come back together and have that conversation. So if you feel triggered or if your partner feels triggered, stop, drop and regulate, just do it. Just go get to safety first, think clearly, journal it out if you need to, and then come back together and talk about what happened because your brain's online and you're no longer in that survival response. Mm. A lot of people are listening to this thinking, okay, I like the idea of stop, drop, and regulate, but I have a hard time discussing what went down with my significant other. They like, don't want to, you know, touch on the elephant in the room. They don't want to, they don't, may not want to bring it up to their significant other, or, you know, it's just hard to sometimes break into that conversation of, okay, okay, let's talk about what happened. The people are listening. They're like, I'm not a somatic therapist. How, how can I do this with my significant other? They're never going to listen. Talk to that person on, on how we can more skillfully maybe 
enter into a conversation talking about something that might have triggered one one person or the other? Great question. Love it. Um, okay. So this is a prompt that I would use. And so if you're listening to this, get out a piece of paper, write this down. The first thing that I would, I would journal about this before going to your partner. This takes work. Okay. It takes a moment to kind of dive into, but it's a great way for you to start to recognize how you feel. The first thing that you're going to write is I feel. So let's say that you are triggered about something that happened at work. Okay. You're going to use the prompt. I feel, and you're going to fill it in with how you actually feel with emotions. Okay. Not pointing the finger saying you did this and you did this and you did, you did this. You're saying, I feel. So for instance, you can say, I feel overwhelmed. I feel angry. I feel sad. I feel upset. I feel, I feel joyful and confused. You're filling in how you feel. The second thing that you're going to write down and you're going to say this next is the story I have created is right. So I feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I feel sad. And the story that I've created is that I'm not important to you. I feel like when you tell me that you're going to be home at seven o'clock and you consistently walk in the door every single day at 745, I feel like our time outside of work is not important. So you're taking ownership of how you feel. You're also saying, hey, the story I've created, I don't know if it's true because it's always a story. Mm. I don't know if it's true. And then the third thing that you're going to say after you say, I feel the story I've created is what I need to feel safe is. And maybe sometimes that answer is what I need to feel safe is, I don't know. I just need to talk about this, right? But this is how I feel. And this is the story I've created. Can we have an open discussion? Not pointing fingers saying that you're doing something wrong, which immediately pulls the guard up, right? Not pointing fingers and saying you did this and you did this and you did this, leaving the other person feeling ashamed or like they're blamed. You are taking ownership for your feelings and ownership for the story you've created. And then you give them space to actually talk about the story that they've created and the feelings that they have. Wow. Those are so good. I love, I mean, I love all of them. I feel the story I have created is, and then what I need to feel safe is. And that makes it so easy to go in with specific conversation topics. And I think the best thing about it is, is when you're going into that conversation, you're never making the conversation about them. You're making the conversation about you. And that's a whole lot easier for a significant other to, uh, you know, you're not going to get defensive because you're not being bombarded at. You get to actually hear where that person's coming from. Yeah, for sure. And I always tell people that there is one thing that someone could never take away from you. And that is your feeling. They can't take away your emotions. They can't take away your feelings. So if my partner comes to me and says, I feel really upset and overwhelmed and sad, I'm going to be like, dang, I don't want you to feel that way. I love you. So now, where can I take responsibility so that we can get to a place where you don't feel like that? Mm, that's good. That's good. That's a that's a really great um, relational habit for whenever an instance like that pops up. What, are there any other relational habits that you do or that you coach your clients to do, whether that's on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, or like good practices to uh, either spark conversation or to just grow deeper in your relationship, any kind of relational habits that you find that are most useful? 
Yeah. My, so my boyfriend and I, and I suggest all my clients do this. Um, we have, <laughs> we call it therapy couch. I don't necessarily, <laughs> I don't necessarily think that you can call it whatever you want. Right. But we have a dedicated hour every month where we sit down and we talk about, it's just like being, having your own business, right? We talk about what is going well, like what went really well this month? What do we need to work on? So what didn't go well? What do we feel like we need to work on? The third thing we say is what do we need more of from each other? And then the fourth is, and we're spiritual. So we're really big in our spiritual practice in God. We ask, how can we invite God into our relationship more? And that's our, that's our time to kind of sit down and talk about what's working, what isn't working. What do we need more of from each other? Sometimes we'll also talk about what worked really well with each other in that same breath. And then how can we invite God in so that we're, again, he's the center of our relationship. And I suggest doing this every, like put it on the calendar and have it be a standing time that you're meeting with your significant other. And you're talking about these things, because what happens is that something happens during the month. And, and here's a beautiful thing. We know that we have that every month. So oftentimes I have a running list and instead of just exploding on the spot, because it's like, I have to be heard and you need to do this. We know that we can bring that list to each other in that designated time every month. And we get to have open conversations around it versus, and sometimes I get to the list and I'm like, this doesn't really matter anymore. I worked through that. Right. So yeah. it gives designated time to have with one another. Yeah. I think having a dedicated time in your calendar, you know, it doesn't sound, I don't know if that, I feel like it doesn't sound probably super romantic to have like a time on your calendar to sit down with your significant other. But like when you create the time, that's like, this is a non-negotiable thing that's in my calendar we're showing up for. I think there's really, there's a lot of power in that. And I think go-to questions that you've brought up are really, are really powerful as well. And I think it's less necessarily that if you do this with your significant other, it has to be these questions. But if there's some questions that you go back to on a somewhat regular basis, I think it's important. I, I actually have started with my girlfriend over the last couple of weeks. We don't do it every day. We don't live together. So it's hard to do it every day. But I try to, we try to talk about what went well today. What are we working on? Maybe what frustrated us today. Uh, one of the things I'd, I like to do is who'd you compliment today or who did you encourage today? And I think just having some questions that you routinely can go back to, it just sparks conversation and you learn more about what's actually gone on in their day. Like I know from that, those questions that I've asked her, I've learned more about what she's actually doing at work and therefore it provides more meaning to our conversation and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important, right? You do it, you do it with your, I hope at least everybody that's listening, you do it with your finances, you do yeah. it with your health, right? Like why wouldn't you do it in your relationship. You need to be able to nurture that connection too. Yeah. I mean, your relationship, your your relationship with your significant other is arguably the most important thing that you'll ever have in your life. I mean, like if it's, I mean, if you are married, it's let's say 30 years old. I mean, that's going to be the next 30, 40, 50 years of your life. And like, if that is not going well, other areas of your life are not going to be going near as well. So it's like it needs to be taken as seriously as anything else that you do, in my opinion. Um, I think la second to last question here I want to get into. I know that you're not married, but you probably coach a lot of people who are 
you know, dating people and thinking about marriage. What do you think are the most important conversational conversations to have before marriage or topics to discuss before marriage or maybe things to think about before marriage? Uh, you know, it's such a big decision to make, like arguably the most decision you'll ever make. And so you got to make sure that you're mindful about it and you don't just rush into it. Uh, so in your mind, what are some of those conversations that you encourage people to have prior to marriage? The first thing you need to do is you need to establish your values and your negotiables. And um, when clients work with me and they go through my program, we have a whole module dedicated to this because so many people are out there blindly dating and getting married. And they realize two, three years into the marriage that their values aren't aligned. And that's a really, really big problem, right? So as far as values are concerned, I would look at, do you want children? That's a big one. Like claim it. If you want children, claim it. If you don't claim it, there's nothing wrong with it. Do you believe in traditional marriage? If you want it, claim it. Again, these are, it's not bad to want these things, but I promise you that if you marry someone who maybe wants children and you really in your heart want children, it's going to destroy the marriage. So there's going to be a ton of resentment. And we all know that the end of every relationship starts with resentment. So look at your values. Look, do you want children? Also look at your financial situation. How do you view money? How do you want that person to view money? How do you view your health, right? If exercise and nutrition are important to you, you need to have that as a value, right? Like my, that was one of my big values. I exercise daily and I eat really clean. And I dated a lot of men who didn't back in the day before I set my values. And it always was a point of resentment. So look at your health habits, look at your religious habits, your spiritual habits. Do you want someone to have a strong faith base and get specific? If you're Christian, do you want them to believe in God? If you're spiritual, do you want them to believe in, you know, multiple forms of God, right? Get really clear on your values, get clear on your non-negotiables. And you have to do that. And I'll say this, when you get clear on your values, you get clear on your non-negotiables. You have to be a hell no for anything that is not a full yes. Mm. That's where people fall short and where they fail because they'll start to settle and they'll start to accept less than like, oh, well, everything else. He checks all the other boxes, but the maybe on the kids thing, I think I can like let that slide. Everything else is good. And this is where it gets you in trouble. You need to have someone that is a full yes for everything that you desire. Mm. Man, those are good. Those are good. There's a lot of different, a lot of different things to uh, think about and get clear on for yourself before making the most important uh, decision of your life. Uh, before I go to the last question, Lauren, I just want to acknowledge you. I think all of this stuff is so profound, and for you to navigate the journey yourself, take the leap of faith to go see a somatic therapist in the first place, and then to really do the inner work necessary to know what you feel like was going on with you and to kind of work through that and navigate that tactfully and then other help now coach other people to do the same thing. It's just so cool because I know, again, like like we talked about, this is the, one of the most important things you're going to do in your entire life and it needs to be done strategically, I don't know if strategically is the right word, but mindfully and intentionally Whereas a lot of people just kind of, I think, rush into things because they feel like it's what they're supposed to be doing at the time. And so I really appreciate all the work that you're doing. 
Thank you so, so much. That means the world. And I, I definitely receive that. Of course, of course. Well, you guys need to make sure you go uh, follow her on Instagram at Lauren Zoller. We'll have everything linked up in the show notes. You can follow her on Facebook, on TikTok, and you can go to her website as well, laurenzoller.com. Is there any other good place that people should go learn more about you and support you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to my um, Instagram page, there is a link in my bio that will give you access to my next masterclass, which is called Love Magnetism. And come, it's free. Come hang out with me. And there's all, all types of resources. I have a free quiz in there, a free ebook. So just take advantage of all of it because it's all free. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I think you had a uh, you have a free quiz in there about what you're doing from blocking or why you're blocking the love that you should be attracting or something like that. So you guys need to make sure if you're in a place right now where you feel like you can't find the right person or you're not sure if the person you're with right now is a person for you, make sure you go follow her and take advantage of a lot of her resources. Uh, But last question here, Lauren, is I think that in order to get closer to the best version of yourself, it's both a constant journey and a unique journey. Um, I don't think that we ever actually get to that best version of ourself. And I also think that the way that I'm going to get closer to my best self is a little bit different than the way that you're going to get closer to your best self. So this question is for you personally. If there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best version of Lauren Zahler that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? Oh my goodness. Um, I'm really diving into my money stories and getting really clear on how I view money and how I manage money and becoming financially literate. So Mm -hmm. the first thing is to continue to dive into that. I'm actively involved in that. Um, The second thing is I just moved to a new city and I'm having to reestablish my entire workout routine and my nutrition. So I'm going to continue to push forward with that. And then the third is doing less. Um, I really need to work on doing less and taking more mindful time throughout the day to not feel like I'm I'm rushing all the time so I can get that safety back in my nervous system. So all, all three things that I'm sure everybody's working on if they're listening to this podcast. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Those are, those are great things. Well, you guys need to make sure if you did not take notes during this, like of all the episodes that I do, most of them, you need to take notes. This one, you definitely need to take notes. Like the the different responses that our nervous system has and the the one the tendencies that we have, the ways to kind of uh, work away from that, the different questions that you need to be thinking about before marriage, the different prompts that you can be doing when you're journaling, when you get triggered by your significant other and like how to go into that conversation. So many great things today, Lauren. Uh, I know everybody loved it and got a lot of value. So I appreciate your time. That's all we got. Thank you so much. Wow, what a valuable episode from Lauren on how to find the right person and optimize our relationships. And if you'd like to try out our one-week free trial of the Virtual 10-Week Transformation, then be sure to go to nickcarrier.com slash free trial. And remember, listen to your nervous system. Listen to when you don't feel safe. Listen to when you're moving towards protection rather than connection and find ways to move towards safety and connection. Remember to create space when you're triggered by your significant other. Journal and or think about what happened and then come back to the conversation more mindful and intentional about where you're coming from. Lauren shared some amazing insights today on how to find the right person, how to stay with the right person and make that relationship as powerful and as fruitful as it can be, which will help you get closer and closer to your best you.